You're listening to The Setup Podcast, a podcast that helps you navigate new topics in music, tech, and entrepreneurship with the most disruptive professionals in the music industry, turning their experiences working behind the scenes into actionable advice you can use. I'm Sydney. And I'm Sam. And we're your hosts for The Setup Podcast. If you're like us, passionate about paving your own path, hit the subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite app because we'll help set you up for success at The Setup Podcast. I want to say a quick shout out to our amazing listeners. Truly, I created this podcast to help those who are new to the industry, just like I was once. And I'm very happy to learn that I can also provide insight to those who have been in music for a while. I want to give another shout out to all of our new listeners of The Setup Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Happy Wednesday. How's it going? It's going well. So today we have Nick Bennett. He is the director of account based and community at Alice. He is a personal branding enthusiast who is paving the path for others. Nick started his journey on LinkedIn over one year ago, and now he has over 20,000 followers. Today, we will discuss the benefits of growing your brand on LinkedIn. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends at Bandzoogle. Built by musicians for musicians, Bandzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and APK for your music. Our listeners can go to bandzoogle.com to try it out for free for 30 days. And if you enjoy it, you can use the promo code THESETUP to get 15% off your first year of any subscription. Hi, Nick. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. This is, uh, it's crazy. I, for some reason this week, uh, it's like super busy, um, between like work and then I'm doing like six shows. Um, then I have my own shows that I'm kind of still trying to balance as well. So it's, uh, it's been a wild, wild day and wild week. Wow. Good for you. We tried to schedule a bunch of episodes in a short period of time, but we're, we've been like, well, I, I can't say we, I've been like slacking with scheduling those. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm super pumped to be here. I, I love my, my whole family is, is musicians. So like my dad, I was the one that funny enough, I actually, in high school, I used to rap um, and I have music still, still floating out on the internet. Uh, but like, I actually took it like pretty serious. And then like, I realized like, what am I doing? Um, and, uh, but my, like my dad, like my, like my uncles, like they all, they played, my dad's played guitar for like 50 years um, and like, just like gigged like all over the place. And so he was a righty and I was a lefty and I was always, he was always trying to teach me guitar and it was something I um but my like a lot of my friends they're musicians and so it's definitely something i uh i enjoy yeah you'll have to share those links i want <laughs> to bring them back <laughs> it's uh yeah i, I sh- not not a lot of people actually know that so it's uh it's something that it's just it's, it's on like soundcloud or something and i i, I forget the link half the time and like someone will bring it up from like high school or something. And they're like, is that still out there? And I'm like, yeah. And I, I, I go and find it. And then I share it with them and they're like, oh man, this was like, what was it? It was probably like, like 15, 16 years ago. 
You have to be careful because I uh, I would request you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> But I won't do that to you. I won't do that to you. But tell us a little bit about you and like what you've been up to. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I have been the uh, director of ABM and community over at Alice. So, my past is kind of field marketer, ABM marketer um, for the last like nine years for various tech companies that are in like hyper growth mode and just kind of going through helping them get to acquisition or IPO um, and kind of like leading that journey. But before that, I was actually in sales. um, And then I realized I didn't want to have a quota hanging over my head at the end of every quarter. Um, Although I was pretty good at it. It's just, and it's, it's weird because like sales teams ask me if I want to switch over to sales now as from a marketer. And it's just, you know, I know how much money sales people make, but it's super stressful at the end of the day. Um, And so, you know, We'll see. But for now, I'm kind of riding that marketing wave for for a bit. And I actually went to school for a sports management. I still play baseball competitively across a couple teams. Um, and that's what I'm passionate about outside of my, my regular uh, nine to five. I'm actually moving from customer success into sales for a startup, for a tech startup. So, <laughs> so that's so funny. Um, I, I, yeah. <laughs> So far, it's been going well. Um, that's just funny. I definitely am going to start feeling that. <laughs> yeah. And um, I actually was going to say, I have like a similar background as you. I started out in sales. And I think, I I feel like that's maybe what may separate us as marketers because we have that background, that mindset. But I'm in the same boat where I switched over because, well, one, I just wanted to like learn more about like the, the overall strategy versus just focusing on one part, I was, I was the same way. Like I felt like just mentally, I like just couldn't have the quota anymore, no matter like how good I was at it. It just felt like there's never a stopping point. But whereas in marketing, you know, you have campaigns, you have goals, you have, um, like the duration of the campaign, even if it gets extended, that's the nicest part about it. Um, but jumping into what we're about to talk about today is how I found you originally, um, which is LinkedIn. And as we were discussing like a little bit earlier, um, I personally, gravitated towards LinkedIn because when I left a very important job that I thought was part of my identity, I realized it wasn't because of how quickly the the connection can get severed. So I went to LinkedIn to pretty much push my personal brand because we are separate from our companies, even though it is interconnected. um, there's, There's ways that you can push your brand and who you are and your expertise and skills without connecting it to a company in every way. And so that's where I found community. And that's where like, I was able to connect with other individuals and just like express like what I'm doing on my own. Um, So I came across you on another podcast and I loved like, just like your growth and what you've been doing in your content. Um, So I guess like my question is, when did you get on and how did you leverage the platform? Yeah, so it's it's kind of interesting. So when the pandemic of COVID happened back in you know February, March of 2020, um, I was working for a company and my boss at the time, his name was Kyle Coleman. Uh, he's very well known in LinkedIn on like the sales world, SDR kind of world. He put out a contest 
not even a contest. It was more of like, Hey, I built my personal brand on LinkedIn. Like as long as you show up every single day, this is what can come from it. And so there was probably about 12 or 13 of us. And he's like, you know, for the next month, why don't you just like go at it? Like every day, try to stay consistent. And, um, I was the only one that kind of stuck with it. And it took me a solid like six months before I saw any real traction. But for me, I niched down into like the failed marketing world because it was something where I've done it for a while, but no one talked about it on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And you think of like the 750 million plus users that are on there, one person talks about it and it's me. Um, And so it allowed me to kind of like start to build an audience for myself. And I didn't see any traction for about six months. And is it discouraging? Absolutely. Um, And it's like, okay, you know, I'm putting out this content that I think is valuable, but like no one's actually interacting with it. There's no engagement. Um, And for me, engagement is like my North Star. That's everything that I come back to Mm -hmm. of like being important. And it was just like, oh, like, why am I doing this? And so once kind of month six came and I was like, oh, wow, like, all right, people starting to like message me. I have field marketers that are messaging me saying, thank you so much for like sharing your, your content. Um, I didn't feel like I could comment on your post because I don't do that, which is another whole issue. But like, I wanted to send you a DM of like, thanking you. And I was like, all right, like if I can help one person a day understand what field marketing is or what ABM is or what personal branding is, like I've done my job. And that's kind of been like, my charter of how I've used it, everything that I put out there is value first. I don't monetize off of anything. Um, And so being able to do like podcasts helps me tell my story of like, hey, anyone can do this if you show up consistently every day. And maybe it's not even every day. Maybe it's three days a week, two days a week, but it's showing up consistently and not dropping off after a month or two or six months. Um, There's some people that will take a year before you start to see any traction. And like, that's what I've just been trying to kind of showcase of like, hey, this is what my story is. This is where it can come from it. And now I'm at the point where I've built a decent enough audience of like almost 24,000 followers of like, hey, like it's, you know, I still don't monetize off of anything. Like I, I talk about what's important to me. It's people complain that LinkedIn is a business platform, which I understand it is. But if I can't bring what I'm passionate about outside of work, then I don't want you as a connect anyways. Like I talk about my daughter um, because we spend so much time together. Like I talk about playing baseball. I talk about music, sports, like all this stuff. And yeah, it's not like 80% of the time of things that I talk about, but I would say like 10 to 20%. I still kind of sprinkle it in there, here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it helps paint this picture of like who you are as a human. Um, because at the end of the day, people buy from people. And I don't, you know, whether you buy, you know, my platform or not, or work with me or whatever, I don't care. But like, as long as I can connect with you on a person to person basis, that's ultimately what I matter, what what I find important because karma will come back around at some point when I need, say I get fired tomorrow, um, hopefully not, but say I do get fired tomorrow. Like I guarantee you that I could put out a LinkedIn post that says, hey, I lost my job. I'm a free agent now. And more than likely, I'd get a lot of DMs saying like, yeah, hey, you know, you should come work here. I have this opening for you. I already get a lot of those opportunities mm-hmm. where CMOs and VPs of marketing like contact me and say, hey, 
do you know anyone that could be a good fit for this role or would you be willing to leave to come here? And usually it's like, Hey, I'll put it out there to a couple groups that I run. Um, but ultimately like, I'm not looking to make a move right now, but like, you know, Hey, let's keep this conversation going. Like it's always good to have those, those networks because when you do lose a job because of COVID or whatever it is, or whatever, whatever the next pandemic is like, you can rely on those network connections. LinkedIn is my favorite platform. And the reason being is because although it has this like stigma that it's the business platform or professional, I'd actually argue that it's more personal than other social media platforms. If it's coming from personal profiles, I actually think that it's less curated and planned out than other social media platforms. And that's why I like it. I love the authenticity and just like the connections that you can make from it. There's no barrier. If you know what I mean, like when people are using it, they probably create a profile and then dropped off. And of course, they're not going to answer your message because they're not active. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, I feel like there's no barrier. It's equal connections. We could equally connect with one another. It's not essentially all about the numbers. Exactly. You make a good point too, because I think what happens is people reach a certain plateau from like a connection perspective and they put out content, but they're not replying to the people that are posting on like their stuff. I think like, like, I don't care how big I get like hundred thousand followers. Like one thing that's important to me is commenting back on every single person that comments, whatever I put out there, because they took the time out of their day to, even if it's like a quick emoji that they put, whatever, like I'll still like give them something back because they took time out of their day. You have these bigger influencers that are out there that, and it's happened to me, like I'll message them or I'll comment on their stuff. And then you get nothing back. And it, it, it kind of discourages you to want to comment on their content mm -hmm. because you feel like you're not going to get a response. Like, will other people see it? Absolutely. And that's actually a great way to drive people back to your page by commenting on these well-known people. But like, what, like it's a social platform. You're meant to build a network and a community. And if you're not leveraging that because you're too busy and you have a virtual assistant posting content for you, like you shouldn't be on this platform anyways. Mm -hmm when you comment on to someone else's post, it also kind of makes their post go further. And so that's, what's also kind of discouraging. Like you, you're basically sharing your opinion, but then also helping them share their opinion to your followers. I think, I think to your point that just like taking the time to actually responding will help just to foster the relationship too. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just like, it's, it's so important. It's like, especially with the pandemic, like everyone's looking for communities and people that they can leverage. And I'm not saying like mentorships, but like just people that they are like, like-minded people that they can learn from, because let's be honest, like, yes, some in-person stuff has come back, but for the most part, everyone is still in a virtual first world. And they're trying to figure out how to be the best marketer that they can be or best salesperson or whatever. And so they're leveraging these communities and social media to hopefully be a medium for that. You're probably not going to make money from your content. Like it, it, this platform's not right for you. People don't usually have partnerships and ads on LinkedIn. So if those are trying to make money through it, that's this is not the platform for you. But one thing that you were kind of commenting on earlier is that if you were to lose your job, it's like a long game. And this is where like the sales and marketing like mindset comes from. You can't think of it as a one and done, like, hey, I'm going to connect and I'm going to expect something out of it. 
it's more so people see the value in you over time and they'll always keep you in mind. I don't want to come off like conceited or like (laughs) trying to pump myself up or something, but this is the reality of it. I've been so active on LinkedIn, making actual connections and having conversations prior to when I actually needed help that I haven't applied to any of my jobs in the past five years because they already see the value. Because obviously, like you can tell how my brain works through what I'm talking about. And you don't need to see my resume at that point, especially if you have a profile that's updated too. That's like your resume. That's, do people even still use resumes? Like it was funny because I was I was actually I was talking to Devin Reed, who's a big content creator, uh, leads content over at Gong, and so we we were talking like, hey, like his his goal is to never have to apply to a job again. And like mine was my big thing was like I never want to use a resume again. And like yeah, like I'm similar. Like I haven't used like a resume in a few years. Like it's just. Everything that I put on LinkedIn is, is like you said, how my brain works. Like, this is how I solve a problem. And let's be honest, these dumb interview questions that people ask you half the time is that's what they really want to figure out, like how your brain works. So like, mm-hmm. how are you going to solve a problem? Or are you a culture fit? Like you can see when I go to hire people, like one of the big things is if they have a LinkedIn profile that they post content on a regular basis, because you can see all these things and like a hundred percent that will help dictate partly like, or influence like hiring someone based on like the type of content that Mm -hmm. they put out there, the types. And if they're just pumping themselves up and basically just, you know, promoting BS that isn't really like beneficial to anyone, then like, yeah, that's one thing. But like, if you're telling stories of how you solved a problem or how you went to market with a certain strategy or whatever, like that is like gold right there. Yeah. I know some people, they don't know what to come up with and that's fine. Like some people like just do their work and they can't remember or like essentially bring it to fruition online. Mm -hmm. I'm the same way. So I always advise people, you don't have to create your own content to start, you can reshare articles and express your perspective. Anything that adds value to someone else's work too is so great. Just there has to be activity. And I think this translates into the music industry, especially when it comes to content and especially when it comes to the resume and no applying to jobs, because in the music industry, it's super relationship-based anyways. And I think maybe things are changing with depends on where you're applying. Like if you're applying to a big label versus, you know, getting these live event roles, it's Mm -hmm. different. But just from my experience, it's less around the resume and more so around the person. So I think this is like a great platform to showcase yourself, especially since there's a lot, there's not a lot of music professionals on the platform. So you'll stick out. Yeah, absolutely. I actually have a good example of that is someone that my funny enough, my, my nurse, um, that like when I go to the doctors, then my nurse practitioner, the healthy, her husband, um, works for live nation. And so he basically, you know, he is very active on LinkedIn and, um, he does a lot and that's helped him get, you know, moving up the chain within live nation. He, he runs like 
tons of stuff for them now. He was leveraging LinkedIn. And that's, we, we actually went and we grabbed some bears together. And we were like, we were just talking about leveraging LinkedIn from like a music standpoint for like what he was doing and like going down that path. And we had a really great conversation around it. Was there anything in particular that really set him above and beyond any, any specific features? Just showing up, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, like you show up and like you're ahead of 98% of other people that are on there. Yeah, that's true. That's kind of true. <laughs> it, as easy as that sounds, it that's so accurate. Even if it is like we mentioned, like commenting on other people's, I I would suggest like if you ever connect with people to maybe write a note so that even for yourself, you remember why you're connecting. Yeah, it's something that I do do um, is I use video in a lot of my like outreach. So like I don't do it for every single person because honestly, I, pr- I don't connect with as many people as I probably should be now. Um, and partly why I switched to like a follow button, but it's like, if there is like certain people that I do want to learn from, I'll record a video and I'll send it to them in that initial like connection outreach. And I'll just be like, Hey, this is why I'm reaching out. Say it's a CMO or a VP of marketing. That's someone that I think that I could actually learn from. I'm not trying to get anything. I just want to spend some time to learn from them. And I'll, I'll record a quick like minute and a half to two minute video, like telling them a little bit about why I'm sending them a connection request, what I hope to get from our connection and like, Hey, let's keep this conversation going. And it's, uh, it's worked really well. That's freaking genius. I didn't even think to do that. And you know what, for the most part, it probably does take like 10, 15 minutes. I mean, you don't have to edit it and put in your all, you know what I mean? Because the video already stands out. I just literally, it's super easy. I use Vidyard. It's it's a free tool and you just hit record, boom, send it, send the connection request, and then just send the video over to them. And then you can actually even track when they, when they open it. So, you know, like, yeah. Hey, like, Hey, they watched 80% of my two minute video, whatever it was. And so then you can kind of figure out where you want to guide the conversation from there. Do you use a tool for that? Or do you just record <laughs> on like your phone or computer? Just Vidyard. Although to be fair, if I'm doing it for my computer, I use Vidyard. If I'm doing it for my phone, I'll just record a quick video on my phone. What's the general flow of your video? Like, what do you say in it? I just basically talk about like, Hey, like my name is Nick. You know, I run ABM and community at Alice. I have nothing to pitch you, honestly, market or market. I'm just trying to learn more about you. I think, you know, as a experienced marketing leader for XYZ company, I think that I could level myself up as a marketer, having you as a connection. Um, I'd love to sit down for 30 minutes and honestly just have a conversation of like, hey, like, what are some marketing campaigns that are working for you? Or like, what does your tech stack look like? Um, Depending on like who the person is and like why I was initially reaching out, I would tailor it to that. I didn't have kind of like a like scripted thing. I would just... And honestly, for me, I don't write anything down. Um, I'm ter- It's partly a fault of mine, but like I wing everything. Like I don't prep as much as I probably should. Um, I just go into it and just wing my life every day. <laughs> I mean, that's a skill in itself. I wish I was more that way. I I'm a planner to a fault. Like I literally write everything down, or I'll forget it. Um, but I think like a takeaway from your video is it really focuses on the other person. Like you've done your due diligence, you've researched them, you understood like where they're at and you catered the video to them um, where it's 
taking away the focus. Of course, you're going to introduce yourself. And I think they can kind of gather. Hopefully they maybe looked at your profile and got a little sense. But I think like they can gather like the intention. Um, and, and I think that's very helpful. It just makes it easier for people to connect and understand like why. Yeah. It's, but it, it, honestly, as you scale, it's, it's, it's going to become incredibly difficult as well. And so then you've got to be like strategic. Like I probably send like nowadays, I probably send maybe like five of these a month. Um, it's not, it's not many, but like when I was starting out, I was definitely sending sending more, and now that I've kind of got my support system around me, um, like it's more of like just opportunistic stuff that like pops up. Where like if I know like, hey, this person's really strong at podcasting, like I'd love to ask them a question of like mm-hmm. how they're launching it for their company or something, then I'll go down that path. But I definitely don't do it as much as I I, I did. You know, for music professionals in general, there should be intention always. And I mean, I've gotten I've gotten like messages all over the board too. And the ones that Samantha knows, what I'm about to say, the ones that I cannot stand are those that are just sending links. And I think if you're going to promote your music or your artist's music, this might not be the right platform. And especially uh, if they did their due diligence, they would realize that. I, there's nothing I can do with that music other than maybe provide feedback, but even that's not my background. This is a platform to create those connections and find those that you want to work with or start a relationship in that sense. Yeah. And like, let's, it, it's LinkedIn isn't a, a dating site either. Cause I've, I've talked to obviously more females that than have males that this happens to, but like, you know, don't be creepy about your outreach. <laughs> like I've, I've heard some like, horror stories. And it's just like crazy that people are using like LinkedIn for like this type of like outreach. And it's just like, why are you even on here? And, and just in general, when people, cause like, I also just get a bunch of like connections, but then I don't understand why or the purpose of like what the connection. So then it's like, then I'll sit there and think about, okay, what do they like if their background's completely different and we don't even have any connections and then I'm overthinking about everything or just trying to go on their profile alone more about them. I'm like, okay. I'm like, why am I spinning my wheels and making so much effort when this person literally didn't even write a note? How can a music professional or I guess any person really find and then maintain their community within LinkedIn? Yeah, honestly, I'm big into to niching down into a specific topic. And for me, like I said, it was failed marketing, but like you can go down, you know, the musician standpoint, you can go down like demand gen or like customer success. Like no one has to be an expert. And I hate that word because no one is truly an expert. Like, yeah, like you may understand a lot about a subject, but like you're never at a point in your career where you could stop learning. And so like, Mm -hmm. as long as you have stories that you can tell um, successes. People hate talking about failures, but I love talking about failures. I do things that suck all the time. Um, and I I tell people about it and like, it helps one have other people not do those same things, but it also helps you understand like, Hey, could I have gone about this a different way? Or could I have structured this a little bit differently? Um, and it just helps you like elevate yourself as an individual, Um, so I think that's important too. And then it's just finding like, like like-minded people. Like for me, 
my network is 95% a mix of sales, marketing, and like RevOps people. Um, like I don't have, I have the other piece is more like athletes. And because when I went to school for sport management, my big idea was to go into being an athletic director. And so like I coached college baseball. And so like, I was like, oh, you know, this is fun. So I'm going to add all these people that are athletic directors. But like now they really add no value to my network. And like being in the MarTech world, if I wasn't in the MarTech or sales tech world, my network would probably be useless because that's everything that it is. And so it's finding out what your niche or what your interests are. And then like just connecting with all of those other people. And maybe it's something that spins off into a Slack community or a Discord community. Um, and you have like these things that you can kind of keep on going in conversations. Like for me, I have a monthly failed marketing group that is about probably 300 of us. And so each month we have a meeting and we just talk about different topics and it's a place to no judgment zone. Like you don't have to worry about like your coworkers being there. We just have conversations on different topics uh, each month. And it's like a really like safe place to just kind of like open up and be like, Hey, I don't know how to do this. Like, what would you do? Um, and like being able to, to have that is, is important. How do you go about finding these like-minded people? Are you just searching job titles? Are you going through friends' connections or? Yeah, usually job titles. Like, like what I'll do is when I was when I was starting out, I would search like field marketers, account-based marketers, like event marketers, and demand gen marketers, and like I would go through, look at the companies they are. If they were in the B two C space, like it wasn't as interesting to me because I was in B two B. And so I would just try to find people that were around the same like career level that I was. And I would just send them the, the connection request on that. And then when I started, like one, one thing that was important was I would comment on other like bigger names and be one of the first people that would comment and adding value. It would drive people back to my page that were usually like-minded that wanted to be in sales, marketing, RevOps, whatever. And so we would connect and then ultimately they would follow the content that I put out there. You know, job titles are great. Companies are great. It's really, again, I keep using this word. It's all about the intention. And as you're more active on LinkedIn, I would actually say that LinkedIn is, I feel like, more elevated in the sense that they can recommend better than any other platform on who to follow and also the content that's going to be on your timeline. Yeah, I, I think so too. I did try to go down the Twitter path because um, like I've had a Twitter account for years, but like I never like posted anything. I was really just like for sports and I love meteorology. So like following weather people and like listening about weather. Um, and then like, I would say like last year, I started like posting stuff on Twitter and it's a, it's a different game for sure. Like marketing Twitter is like legit, but to build the same audience that you have on LinkedIn from Twitter, like they don't even compare. Like it's very, very hard. I've tried Twitter. I just, I, <laughs> I think it's so huge that I just don't even know. Like I can't find my community there. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not easy for sure. So when you're posting um, and creating content, is there any, would, do you think there's anything that's off limits? Um, I don't, I mean, I, I basically bring who I am. Like I bring my entire self like onto that platform. So like, there's nothing that I hold back in saying, like, I don't talk about 
what I eat for lunch every single day. Um, like it's Facebook, but like <laughs> I talk about work stuff. I talk about outside of work stuff. Um, I think like if you're constantly self-promoting and like not adding any value out there, cause I, I have people that I'm connected to, like, Oh, I see them all the time. Like they're constantly just promoting a course they're doing or something that they're selling. But like, it's literally promote, 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 promote five days a week. And like, they don't add anything outside of that. And I'm just like, why would I, even if I had an interest in purchasing this for you, like, why would I like, you're, you're not showing me the value that you bring of why I should be doing that. You're just telling me that I should be doing that. Um, and that would be the, I would say the only thing that would probably, I don't, it's not off limits, but just don't mix like don't, don't rely solely on like self-promotion of like your product or like whatever you're trying to, to push, like add in other stories on top of it. So in that sense, are you referring to like maybe the process? Like if we're talking about like a musician in this circumstance, um, instead of pushing links to their Spotify or their SoundCloud, it may be beneficial to tell a little bit about themselves and their process or maybe how they have created that music. Yeah. Or like what inspired them? Yeah. yeah. To create that song or like, what do the lyrics mean to them? Um, in like painting that picture so that like, oh, wow, that, that, that's a pretty deep story. As I'm like reading it, I am going to go click through to your Spotify and like, listen to it. Are there any best practices or tips that you would, um, give those? I've seen a lot of posts where maybe they space out between, like they indent every sentence so that it stands out yeah so it's i'm i'm like i feel like i'm the king of like choppy copy like that's like breaking it up and that's like because that's like i try to i'm really good at writing that way and then when i have to write stuff for work and it has to be like more formal i like i'm terrible at it because i'm so used to writing like one line chop like break it one line, one line. And so like, it's, it's easier for people to read as they're scrolling through, because if you put it in like a paragraph format, people are just going to be like, like, and it happens to me. Like I see paragraph format. I'm like, I'm not even going to like, I'm not even going to read that because it's like too hard on my eyes. Um, But I think that's definitely a good one. I think also if you are posting content, like I try to do it at the same time every single day. um, So that like your audience does know, like, Nick posts every morning between 8.30 and 9 a.m., like somewhere in that window. And typically I only post once a day. Occasionally, if I have something like a a webinar that I'm speaking on or like a podcast, I usually throw something up in like the afternoon or or nighttime as well. Um, But I try to limit it to to once a day to ride that organic reach as, as long as I can. And how do you prompt engagement? I know for a lot of people that are on it, they're just like lurking, you know what I mean? And they don't always comment because whether they have a fear of others seeing it and they're it's not smart enough. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I try to, a lot of times I'll end the post with like a question um, of like tying it back into the actual like top piece. And it's like, what do you think of this? Or like, what would you add that's different? Or what would you change? And so then it gets people thinking like, okay, he's asking me a question. And he wants me to engage with whatever I was talking about. And so that kind of helps with like the initial piece. But sometimes I'll just basically not put anything and people will just kind of like leave their thoughts on like the overall kind of piece or like if they agree or disagree 
Um, and that's kind of worked well, but like, I don't, outside of that, it's, it just goes back to showing up every single day. And like over time you will build an audience that will come to read whatever that you put out there. And like, if I put out, you know, junk and people will still come and like read it, um, and, and add whatever their thoughts are. But if you do that on a consistent basis, you're going to start to lose kind of like a following from that standpoint. That's true. That's a good point. I know that a little bit earlier, you kind of talked about how you're kind of an open book on LinkedIn. Like, yeah, you're not going to share what you ate for lunch, but um, you're going to share other aspects. And a lot of that has to do with either professional or what your your hobbies or what what have you. Is there any content that you can think about that's much more useful that you might not do on other socials? Yeah, honestly. And and I tell this to a lot of people that are just like coming out of like college. Um, and it's just like, just, just talk about stories. And they're just like, well, I don't have like a ton of work experience yet, but like, I'm in my first job. Like, doesn't matter. Like you're in your first job, you have stuff that you're going through. Maybe it's something that like you worked on this, like cool project that you want to tell people about why you were doing this project, or maybe you failed to hit a certain like number or something for a certain like campaign that you were running on just like talk about like it's 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 kind of like I don't want to say it's like Instagram but it's like you know you're you're basically show, showcasing people like your life and like talking about it and like putting your spin on it so that at the end of the day people know like you stand for something over something else or you're passionate about something that's something that I always recommend too, um, because I feel like I'm the <laughs> the queen of like reinventing myself. When you're sharing your story, you can share anything that you want. You can exclude roles. You can you can talk about one skill over the other. You don't have to tell the whole story. Um, as long as you're connecting the dots for people on the career trajectory that you're going towards, that's the most important thing. You don't have to unravel everything, but you should share something. Um, and so like when we're talking about one major part of it, like setting up a profile, especially those that are maybe new or trying to break into a specific industry like music, how would you go about setting up a profile? Are there any important things to include? Are there any things that they absolutely should do? I mean, yeah, I think the headline is probably the biggest thing of like, you know, hey, like put, put something that's going to stop people from scrolling past your profile. And so like, I, I spent a lot of time like tweaking my like headline of like, what do I want people to see like the first time they come across my profile? And so I put everything, like I, I put my role that I'm currently in, but I also put that I run two, two shows. I put that I'm an advisor for, for companies that I'm in B2B SaaS marketing. So like people know that's what I care about. Uh, I'm not in B2C. I don't care about B2C. Um, and so I think that's one of the biggest things that's important of like, hey, put w- like something catchy that you want people to, to kind of remember you by. And so a friend of mine who his name's Ding, um, he's he's actually a sales rapper. And so basically what he does is he companies contact him to do sales wraps for their product or promo, whatever in the B2B world. And so like he uses like his headline as like really catchy 
for like what he does and he he does a great job with it and like he just constantly puts everything out of like like his music and like what he does and we were just at um Saster last week in uh on the west coast and so he was there and we had him swing by our booth and we had him do a freestyle on like why people should come to the Alice booth and so i put that on linkedin like the video it was about a minute long and so it got like over 6000 views which is a lot for for video mm-hmm. um and like people were like oh that's so creative like it drove a ton of traffic by and it was just like for him he just he tra- walk, walked around like saster and basically just did like raps as he like saw people um and like that's like what he's known as and like what he's done like a great job like brand building himself as and um people remember it if you're going down one avenue, it's important to keep talking about that specific avenue. One of the biggest downfalls is when you have yourself in too many areas, then that that's when it gets a little confusing. Cindy, that's so funny because that's exactly what I was going to bring up and kind of the situation when you have a lot of hodgepodge in your life, kind of how do you marry it back to how do you marry all those into one big purpose? Um, yeah. I think yeah, because I think we were talking about this when when my LinkedIn was like all over the place and how do I make it look purposeful? Um, and so, then you had two separate LinkedIn's and like, <laughs> hey, I could see that when I search you, get rid of one. <laughs> <laughs> like all over the place. Um, so I guess, I guess you have any recommendations on that topic. Like how do you tie all of these different elements or areas in your life to make, just to make your LinkedIn look meaningful? even if you do have different um, things going on. Yeah. I think it's just tying back to like who you want to be as like a person, Um, like what's important to you. Like, are you, what's your, your purpose of being on LinkedIn? Is it to drive business or leads for your company? Is it to build your brand? Is it to just network with like-minded people? And like, you got nothing to lose at that point. And it's like, once you figure that piece out, then I think the rest of it kind of comes of like, Hey, this is why I'm on this platform. And this is how I'm going to tie everything back to that story of like who I want people to remember me as. And it was, I put something uh, on LinkedIn, like not too long ago, but I said, you know, is personal, does personal brand equal reputation? Um, And so I think that, you know, personal brand is basically what you want people to remember you as. And your reputation is, what people are going to say about you when you're not in the room. And so, yeah, they're similar, but I still think that they're different. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you have to like, remember, like you can build your personal brand and still be an a-hole at the end of the day. And like, that's going to hurt your reputation. Mm -hmm. Um, And you could be looked at as like, you know, his personal brand is so good, but yeah, no one wants to work with him because he's a jerk. Um, (laughs) And so like, I think that like, that is important to keep in mind too. That's so important. And also it can be evolving. Like if you position yourself a certain way and you decide that's not the direction that you want to go, it's not for you. You can always change things. Like you just said, you've really tested out and tried different versions of headlines and um, really honed in on one that perfectly dictates or depicts what you want to do and how you want people to perceive you. I did the same thing. It's so funny. Let me tell you a story. I uh, I will tell you. <laughs> I've been in sales, the sales side of things in different industries 
for the majority of my career, it's only been the only past like three years where I've actually been strictly in marketing versus sales and had a conversation for a sales role in advertising. And this guy, he's like, you know, I really enjoy our conversation. You know what you're talking about. However, I just don't see you in sales based at like your, all of your experience that I've seen on LinkedIn is in marketing. I'm like, I'm like, that's the way I position myself. So even if I had all this experience, things can change. I mean, I didn't, I didn't lie. I just um, position things a little bit differently because as we were talking about earlier, sales and marketing are so interconnected that you can pick and choose what leans in each direction. And so that's what I did. And I thought that was the funniest thing. Although he literally denied me, like after our conversations, I'm like, that's exactly what I wanted. So it actually worked in my favor the way I was perceived on LinkedIn. That's it's, it's so, so true. It's like, that's what you just got to figure out what you want to, what you want to do, but don't be afraid to, I hate the word pivot, but don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to pivot. It's it's yeah. Hey, if you hate the word, you could use transition. I love that word, like transitioning (laughs) careers, bridging the gaps, what have you. And uh, I mean, other than the headline, are there any other um, elements that have or features that you've leveraged that um, like makes your profile stand out? Not really. Like people I know. So I turned creator mode. I I was playing with that turning creator mode on or off. Like I thought it was killing my reach at first, but it came back. So maybe they fixed it. But like some people use the um, like the quick video that you can use in like your profile picture to I don't know how long it even is, but promote something or talk Mm -hmm. about yourself. I I don't use that. Um, I see a lot of people that do use it. uh, And I could see why people would use it for sure. But it's outside of that, like my, you know, I, I don't really do anything else that's like too crazy. I use my featured section to promote the shows that like I run um, mm-hmm. and like, just kind of like have people have that piece. But outside of that, I don't really do anything to my profile specifically. The beauty of connecting on LinkedIn is that you don't necessarily have to talk about yourself because if you're having the right conversations, people will seek out more information. So when they do, I recommend putting those links to your website, to your music in the respective areas, such as the about section, the featured section. Um, And also um, what I don't think a lot of people know is that you can add links and attachments to every role that you have in your bio as well. And that's awesome because people can easily find more information, um, especially if maybe you're not providing enough underneath your title or your company. So they could see your work and your music videos, or like if you're part of the team, like what you've done, that's how I've um, been able to get more information. Because like, like I said, a lot of people don't always put a lot of information in there about me. So that's always very helpful. Yep. Totally agree with you for sure. So what do you want to be known for? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. So for me, like if I was to die tomorrow, um, I thought, I, I, I thought <laughs> about this, I thought about hey, you're going to lose your job and you're going to die tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I want to, I, I want to be like for, for LinkedIn specifically, I want to be known as like the field marketing person. Like whenever there is a conversation about field marketing, whether it's like, Hey, who should I speak to about this? Or like, who is the go-to person? Like, that's what I want to kind of like be known as. And like, that's what I've kind of branded myself as like, you know, like someone that is in that industry that knows it from like top to bottom that can talk about it at conferences that can work with sales teams that has like, you know, consulting opportunities to do all these like cool things with like field marketing teams. And like, that's really what like my like whole play was, was, was that. Um, the other piece would be like, just like, I want to be known as someone that brings their entire self onto the platform, like not someone that is pitching stuff constantly. Like, I'm just going to tell you and I'm going to be me. And like, if you don't like it, like, cool, like go somewhere else, but I'm going to do me. And like, if you don't like the content that I put out there, like there's always an unfollow button. That's true. <laughs> what has been the best piece of advice that you've either received or that you can give others? Don't be afraid to fail fast. I think is the important thing. Like every, like I said, everyone hates to talk about failures, like failures, if they're used properly can turn into successes and it's, it's understanding why your failures happened and then like course correcting them to become successes. Um, and I think that's one of the important things. Like people are just afraid to fail. Like they don't want to step out of their comfort zone to grow. And if you're not stepping out of your comfort zone, are you really growing at the end of the day? You're just stuck in your bubble being who you want to be and thinking that like your life is awesome, but like, are you really elevating yourself? Probably not. So I would say that's probably one of the biggest things. I dig it. That was it. That was it. <laughs> Thanks so much, Nick, for joining us on this episode. It was such a pleasure. This is probably one of my favorite episodes ever. Yeah, I appreciate you both having me. It was a fantastic conversation. Yeah, definitely. I'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. Yeah. Bye. Bye now. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Setup Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please review the Setup on Apple Podcasts. And I encourage you to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. If you have any topic recommendations or questions, please visit us at www.thesetupseries.com.